Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. Boomer. Some people don't like the term, but I think, like many other words, it's all in how you say it. My umbrella business is Boom with a Bang, and I think we should keep that in mind as much as possible. We Boomer women don't have a lot of role models as we traverse this chapter. So the goal of this podcast is to introduce you to guests who might incentivize, encourage, teach you to embrace your wisdom, our wisdom. With this incarnation of the Boomer Woman's Podcast, I'm interviewing people who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at boomwithabang.com. If you want to be a guest on podcast or know someone who would be a great guest, message me. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value, we know how to do it, and we must perpetuate the art form. So let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. Remember travel? You know, when you'd get an urge to go somewhere warm or exotic or thrill-seeking, you'd phone up your travel agent, dig into your holiday account, and boom, you're off. Well, my guest today grew up in a small U.S. town where almost no one wandered three states over, let alone had a passport. Stay under the radar. Don't talk to strangers. How many of us can identify with some of that? But she got over all of it. Since then, Juliana has celebrated Christmas Eve with an Icelandic family in Reykjavik. She has learned a traditional dance at an island-wide potluck at the top of a, a volcano in Greece. And she has drunk camel's milk in a yurt with a camel herding granny in Mongolia. To mention just a few of the adventures I read in her bio. And she became a travel writer. Kind soul that she is, she decided to take her readers along with her. And her cultural immersion trips were born. Are you curious to hear more? Let me introduce her, Juliana Dever. Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. Thank you. Hello. Okay, Juliana, let's start at the beginning. How does a small town girl with a cloistered home life become the adventurous woman you are now? <laughs> you know, I, I feel like there's like a lot of analyzing one could do about that. But it's, I, I feel like, you know, I, all of us can go back to a time in our childhood where we were fascinated by something inexplicably. And um, that was definitely me. Like ever since I can remember, there were two things. One of them was performing in front of people and the other was just dreaming about the world. And both of those were things that my family were like, well, but that's for other people. <laughs> and I just couldn't let it go. And I continue to dream about it, focus on it. And one of my very first jobs was for Transworld Airlines. And so <laughs> that's how I find, because before that, I really hadn't even flown before. Like we would take family trips to Branson. That was about as far as we would get. And it was always- How, how far is that? I, I just oh, said- sorry. I grew up, Yeah, I grew up in St. Louis, in a suburb of St. Louis, a small suburb. So- it was about a four-hour drive, and that was like the extent <laughs> of the distance that I would ever travel until I 
grew up enough to to get on that first plane and you know when you have when you work for an airline you get uh free tickets and and or or disc heavily discounted tickets you have to stand by of course but once you get that taste for me once i got that taste of actually tr- what travel is was and there was no turning back and and then then you just need to go further and you need to see more and and then the list never gets shorter the list always gets longer <laughs> So I've got to ask, what did your parents say about your very first job? <laughs> you know, it's funny because I had a few jobs up until that point for a while. My, you know, my dad wanted me to follow in his footsteps and work at a a printing company. And it was really old school. And, um, you know, it wasn't quite for me. So then it was a series of what else do you want to do? And <laughs> one of my best friends at the time, his father was a mortician. And so I thought, well, I could be a mortician. <laughs> it just makes me laugh thinking about it now because I, he was gracious enough to bring me along to work with him and he would take me through the steps. He would show me how to embalm a body and, and it was fascinating, but I realized on day two that it was really isolating. Like it's you and the sound of silence. (laughs) Like nobody's laughing at my jokes. Nobody's telling me jokes. It's just me and this person who's passed on. And so that was really, it was like, no, that's not going to work. So I think when I first got the job at the, at the airline, my parents were really actually excited because for them, it, it wasn't that they had a fear of travel. I think they just didn't, it wasn't a frame of reference. It wasn't something that they did. So it didn't feel like something that they needed or wanted. But once I had airline privileges that could also extend to them, suddenly it was like, aloha, let's go to Honolulu (laughs) for free. And then they were quite into it. However, I, I think, you know, international travel for them was still, still is a little like scary and what's out there. And, you know, they still think that, you know, we have a house in Portugal, my husband and I do now. And my mom's friend will say, oh, don't go there. It's too close to Russia. And I'm like, you really don't know geography. Do you? <laughs> so it's it's a frame of reference. I think they're excited by the idea. They Sometimes they get nervous when I say, oh, I'm going off to the Andes to, you know, uh, climb some mountains. And they're like, oh, what is she doing now? But I think they've come to accept it at this point. Well, I think too, if you if you listen to the news too much, you think that an entire country is similar to, uh, you know, whatever is happening in that one small political arena. Exactly, exactly. And it's it's kind of the same. You wouldn't think, oh, I'm in California. And, and then you would say, oh, well, enjoy that delicious food from New Orleans. You'd be like, what are you talking about? They're so <laughs> far apart. But you when you can't picture how far other parts of the world are apart, you tend to kind of group them together. And I think that's what happens quite a bit. (laughs) Well, I know uh, every Canadian out there can tell you a story about uh, being in another country. You're from Canada. Do you know my friend, this person in some other country or some other city? Uh, You know what, though? Every once in a while, you do. And it's the weirdest thing. (laughs) I can give you three examples right here. I'm not going to. I know, but you're like, oh, I really hate to ask this, but... And then all of a sudden, I actually do know the person who knows them. <laughs> so, you know, I say always keep asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My experience, well, not personal experiences, but we're Turkey, Thailand, and uh, Madrid. 
I love that yeah, though. Yeah, I love crazy? it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I usually come to my conversations uh, with a whole st string of questions, but I really like the talking points that uh, were on your bio. So I'm going to be using some of them. Absolutely. Let's start. You tell us why we all should travel. <laughs> that sounds very <laughs> direct. You should travel. I will tell you, it has changed my life for the better. Absolutely. And so when I say these things, I say it obviously from my point of view, but there's really something about going to another place, another culture, and that culture can still be in your own country. You know, it can be just a different group of people, a different set of circumstances. But in order to get out of, you need to get out of what you know in order to grow. You need to get out of the way people think or the way things have always been done. And when you see how other people do it, suddenly there's inspiration. There's an excitement about, oh, I didn't think we could approach an idea from that aspect. And it gets all those creative juices flowing. It gives you all kinds of new ideas. And it that really can trigger so many other wonderful things for you. So that's kind of like a very high level why you should travel. I mean, I could talk to you for hours about all the amazing <laughs> details <laughs> about why it's so amazing to try pasta made out of a Parmesan wheel directly in Italy. But I think we all know that that's definitely not something to be missed. <laughs> well, you were talking about other cultures and experiences and things like that. And I'm going to suggest that sometimes you can even find a better idea about something that you think is is true. Absolutely. And or question what you think is true. Because for me, I grew up with their belief system. And that was what was true. And then I started meeting other amazing humans and realizing it could be true, but it also could be this way. And this way actually seems, you know, to resonate far more with me. And, and so absolutely, you know, you can even little ideas like I remember the first time I went to um, I want to say it was Germany and the idea that the electricity would automatically turn off in a room you weren't in, or if you didn't have your key card in the hotel. And suddenly that was, that was such a revelation. The idea that, oh my goodness, we don't have to just waste electricity or even we don't have to think about, you know, turning off all the lights that we might forget about we just pull this one card out and we are you know saving <laughs> it's little things like that where you realize wow there's in ingenuity everywhere you just need to meet people so that you can experience it yourself i think to just to expand on that you know living in north america we tend to think that we are really quite an advanced society and yet <laughs> you know you, you do go traveling somewhere else and it's like whoa, we don't have this. <laughs> exactly. I know there's so many little things and it's it's fun. There are little discoveries that you can have, even things like, oh, I didn't think about, like you see a notebook you like and you want to bring it home and write in it, or you see, you know, how just the smallest things of people riding their bikes or how they construct a street so that, you know, you think, oh, these cobblestones, this is ridiculous. But if they're really nice little ones and a part has a bit of a pothole. They don't have to repave everything. They just put tap, tap, tap. There's a couple new stones in there and you're thinking, wow, that was fast and easy. <laughs> so, and then you're like, how could I apply that to X, Y, Z? I just love that how your way of thinking, your horizons expand. It's just, it's just constant 
excitement and discovery and new ways of thinking. <laughs> you emailed me a little while ago to ask if we were going to do video. Now I'm wishing we were. <laughs> you get so animated and so excited. <laughs> okay, you did say travel can unlock your creativity. Would you expand on that part, please? Well, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's sort of what we've been touching on, but there's so many ways that you go about your day that you don't even think about anymore. And sometimes if you have great habits, that's good. If you have maybe not so good habits, it might not be good. But there are there are times, so for instance, and, and I know we haven't touched on this yet, but I've also, and we can get to the inception of it, but I create cultural immersion tours. And what I see when my guests come with me is this expansion where everybody gets excited and created about creative about oh, I'm going to do that when I get back home. Oh, like even a new way of cooking, maybe a new, like I always made this dish this way, but I didn't think about, you know, putting part of it here. And just all these ways that this little tripwire of creativity, it's just pop, pop, pop and meeting new people, even from my guests come from, from North America, from Canada, the US, they're also from the UK. And the group gels and they have so much fun together. And then they start hearing about how even maybe something's done in Canada or something's done in Scotland. And they have a friend now and they get excited about, I feel so like excited about bringing this home, changing the way I do it. Even if, if you're an entrepreneur, if you, you know, I'm going to deal with things this way, I'm going to communicate this way. There's so much expansion that happens when you travel simply by shaking up the day-to-day that, you know, you may take a walk around the block in a different way, (laughs) but you do, you become so much more creative and you realize that there are so many possibilities that you just didn't consider when you were just going about your day kind of on autopilot. Now, is it personality or innocence that keeps travelers, people, on the same trips, the usual trips to the usual places, instead of sort of branching out and trying something just totally out of their wheelhouse. You know, well, it's a couple things. (laughs) And I don't purport to be, you know, uh, psychoanalyzing this, but I, I find, and one of the things that I do with my tours, for instance, is that I love bringing people to places they might not normally think to go like the country of Georgia, northern Poland, Slovenia. And there's so many gems, so many gems to be mined, so many incredible experiences and people to meet when you go to these places. And so far, now I actually do have one man on my trip coming up (laughs) this August. So far, it's been all women. And so one thing that, and, and I find this as being part of the travel industry, women are more adventurous than men. And it's very interesting because for the longest time, when you deal with travel brands, you're in the, you know, associations of travelers, so much marketing was done to men. And a lot of people also think, oh, well, you know, the men are those, you know, the adrenaline junkies that are doing, what is it, the bungee jumping or, (laughs) sure. Is that travel though? Because you can jump off of anything anywhere, right? You don't have to. (laughs) I'm sure you can find a lot of things to jump off of. You don't need to travel. So for me, travel is actually connecting with people, connecting with cultures. And 
you don't have to jump off anything to travel, except maybe maybe your own fear. But I find that the personality that likes to be extra adventurous, it really tends to be women. It actually tends to be older women too. It's 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 fascinating to me that that is a lot of my guests, women who actually have lived a little and now they're like, what's next? And they're excited for being in a situation that's a bit unknown. There's like a thrill. And, and I find, you know, obviously this is a generalization and I'm sure you have men in your audience saying, but I'm different. I mean, my husband's different. But having said that, women just, they don't mind being in a situation where they don't speak the language. They don't mind being in a situation provided they're feeling safe. Maybe, you know, that you're with me, you're in a group. If they get a little lost because they know they're going to be okay. It's about, do you have to control it? Do you have anxiety about these things or do you feel safe and you're ready to really feel that excitement of the exploration of somewhere totally unexpected? Well, I'm going to suggest that as older women, (laughs) <laughs> we, we've taught our daughters all about responsibility and all that stuff they need to know. So now we need to be a role model for them in, in living, living their Absolutely. Lives. Yeah. I mean, that's all the women on my tours. These women sometimes, I swear, I'm like, can we bring it down? <laughs> no, I mean, I adore it. We were, I, I run tours to the country of Slovenia and it's really just a gem of a country. And there, I love part of what I do is getting immersive and taking people places they wouldn't go. Even if you went to Slovenia by yourself, you wouldn't have access to some of the people, the homes we go into, the artisans that we meet that were welcomed into their workshops. And uh, <laughs> we went to there was there's this potter in um, northeastern Slovenia. You kind of go to this this home that he has and it's his workshop and I will not lie. He's very handsome (laughs) and he's probably (laughs) 30 years old, blonde hair, blue eyes. You can see him on my Instagram. Um, And he starts that potter wheel up and he gets his hands wet and he starts massaging (laughs) that clay. I thought everybody was going to pass out, but when they regained a modicum of composure, I tell you, Agnes, it was the, one of the best memories they started. There were two women in our group that were amazing singers, but everyone was just filled with so much joy and giddiness. They all started singing unchained melody to him while he, <laughs> while he was making this, this dish. And at first he looked up and then I'm like, these are the kind of women that come on my tours. They are here to have like a good time to celebrate life. And then he stopped and he, he kind of was like more, more. And so they sang no, <laughs> the whole song and it's it was just you know that's what um an invitation to live what a what an opportunity to celebrate life and be a role model to go somewhere totally different and just soak it up and and enjoy every minute you know <laughs> so i think you've just expanded on that whole creativity part again too <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay so how, how does one actually travel off the beaten path comfortably yeah, absolutely. You know, and I also um, seasonally I do uh, weekly Facebook shows, lives, and I've covered this topic. I have it on my blog as well. We can talk about how to find that if people want to kind of dig into it more. But, you know, there's several safe ways to to start that planning process. I, I recommend that maybe you join a few groups on Facebook 
Facebook or or in your community, people who have traveled and get some information like what did you do what did you know and you can start to find stuff now the issue is there's so much travel information out there so you have to and and a lot of as again being someone who's been a travel writer for eight years now there is you don't really ever want to malign anyone unless it's a horrible experience so sometimes you'll either just wax poetic about how great it was even if it was just okay or you know you don't call people out so the issue is more about finding a travel personality, whether that's on Instagram, Facebook, that you align with. You have kind of the same taste. You have, you, you know, when they suggest something, you like it. Um, so kind of following some of their suggestions can help when you're trying to find something. For instance, when I'm trying to find when I so I scout all of my tours before I create them. So I know I don't just go to um, maybe to a board of tourism and say, give me the highlights. Like I drive around with locals and we actually knock on people's doors. I don't necessarily suggest that, but you can find, you can follow in the footsteps of people that you trust. You can maybe there, there's a group um, called wonderful W a N D E R F U L. And it's, um, started by an amazing woman, Beth Santos, and she has created a global network of women all over the world who are part of this community. And you can reach out to women in the country you're going to, locals, and say, hey, do you want to meet up for a coffee or a lunch? Do you, do you have a recommendation of some places that you like? One of the things I also do when I show up in a new country I immediately start talking to whoever is around me. So if I've, you know, got transportation, whether it's a taxi driver or Uber, I try to get a little information out of them. I go to the concierge. I talk to the, I, you know, a, a really good resource is your server at a restaurant. They're local. They have to talk to you. <laughs> So you can, excuse me, I mean, provided they're not crazy busy, but I, I mean, I've actually made lifelong friends with people that I met at restaurants and just, you know, the, some people get so excited to share, especially in some of these less touristed places like, oh yeah, you know what? This is my favorite park. They have this art installation right now. You should go there. Oh, my friend, let me hook you up. So it's, it's really about, this may not be an introvert. This may be an introvert's nightmare. <laughs> But if you enjoy meeting people and talking to them, it's it's something you can easily start gathering before and during your trip. Or you can just come with me because I've already done all the work for you. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I was going to ask you next, like, how can you and why should you meet the locals? But I think you've covered that off really well. It's, you know, like the when I had Christmas Eve with the family in Reykjavik, it's again because I... I also love people. I love people so much. Like, honestly, I I understand, you know, when people get grumpy and, oh, I hate people. But we're all we have. And we're all connected, whether we like it or not. We're all human beings. So, you know, make the best of it. And, and I mean, also, I do cry at flash mobs. So <laughs> I just love seeing people come together for good and spreading joy. And, you know, there's people love those feel-good videos. There's so much good in the world. and more people are good than not. So having that opportunity to go to another country and just talk 
to people who live there and find out about their lives, find out about what their day-to-day is like. It's, first of all, you you may have friends for life, which is incredible. Like I show up in countries all the time and I'm like, get on my WhatsApp and I've got like, oh, let me talk to this person. Let's let's see if we can have lunch with them. I mean, you start to feel more at home in the world. It's less of a us and them. You you start to understand where other people are coming from, and then it, it it you begin to have so much more empathy, compassion. You have you know an understanding of how the world works in different ways from a human level. I, I mean, it just fills you up. I, <laughs> I don't know how to travel without talking to to locals. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. Now you know we will get to your tours shortly. But if a woman's traveling alone, any suggestions? Absolutely. I, I I do it more often than I prefer to because I, I do really enjoy having a travel partner. But there and and also there are people that really get granular on safety apps and things along those lines. For me personally, I I, I minimize the time that I am in situations that make me feel uncomfortable or I, I, I ensure that I do feel comfortable. So, for instance, if I am going to be walking alone. I maybe don't do it when it's dark unless I'm familiar with the place or I have someone walk me back to my hotel. So there, there's there's things like that. But generally speaking, you know, a lot of places like let's just say you're up for the moment that, you know, it, it if you're in a big city, obviously pay attention, but it's quite safe. I walk alone all the time. I don't necessarily think I would walk alone in Los Angeles <laughs> where I live now, but I, you know, some of the countries that I visited are, I I have a friend that lives in Gdansk in Poland and we were walking, she and I were walking to dinner and it was already dark and I it's always something I ask. I I'm like, are we safe? Is this okay? And she looked at me like I had three eyes. <laughs> she she couldn't. It was like she really, truly could not process it for a minute. And then it finally kind of kicked in. And, and she's like, I wouldn't even think that it wouldn't be. I'm just like, it's such a strange question to me. And it's funny. Every time, like I've asked one of my friends in Stockholm when we were walking. And now in Slovenia, I mean, I just walk. I'll walk alone at night. I never think about it. But, you know, it's 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 funny because it just tends to be safer. But, you know, also I would say it, there's certain places like if I do wind up taking an Uber where I feel a little like, I don't know, I, I do get really weird about it because I, I can go into that crazy storytelling brain where I'm like, he's definitely taking me to a field to get my kidneys. I just know. <laughs> I mean, this is something I learned from my family in small town, Missouri. Um, why you shouldn't travel because someone will inevitably take your kidneys. <laughs> I can tell you, I still have mine so far, so good. I'm knocking on my desk right now. You're the um, one that writes those urban myths, aren't you? I know, right? <laughs> but, you know, you can, you know, in those apps, you can send it to either some locals that you already know. You can send it to people back home and say, I'm in the car, just follow my ride if you need to. I, tend to stay I did used to stay in a lot of Airbnbs but if I'm alone I stay more in hotels because you have the front desk you have a concierge you have people you can talk to they can call you a car they have trusted providers so if you're alone in a car with with a stranger you know that's somebody who works with the hotel I 
you know, you you going in at night, there's someone there. So if someone's following you, you're immediately looked after. You can even tell someone, hey, someone was following me. So I, you know, I minimize um, home share stays if I'm by myself. So it's lots of little things, you know, just being aware, just seeing who your allies are, that you can give them a heads up and say, here's what I'm doing. So you're saying common sense. Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny because it's really hard to make my mom understand. (laughs) She's always certain, certain that this is the last trip I'll ever take. And um, I think now I think it's ebbed a little bit, but yeah, it is common sense. It's just, but it's good to review it, you know? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to get to the basics now. Uh, Trip planning, apps, agents, or Google besides you. (laughs) (laughs) um one thing i you know google can be good but i think you have to know like any kind of ai which google is as well you have to know the right questions to ask to get the right answers and you also again it goes back to what do you trust for me i and i've written a couple articles about this but i i tell people just you can glance at TripAdvisor, but I would never recommend it. Never. It's it, it it's such an unreliable source. And it's one of these things. It's like the snake that eats its own tail. You know, whatever is at number one is that everyone just goes there then. Whether or not that's truthfully one of the most interesting or deserved spots that will be rewarding, they go there and then they go, yeah, I guess that was good. I don't really have anything else to compare it to. So I'll give it five stars. And so it's just this really weird aggregator that I think has no real bearing on finding those good little mom and pop shops, which frankly, you don't want them to be number one on TripAdvisor because then there'd be a line out the door and the food quality would suffer. So it's just, I don't recommend that. In terms of travel advisors, if you have one you trust, it's always nice to have someone else kind of take care of some details if you already trust them. I, you know, this rise of the the fear of chat GPT or any of these AIs, I, I, they don't, if you want to follow it, go ahead, be my guest. But I, there's no, there is no room for tailoring that. It just spits out whatever it's already, you know, felt, it's whatever it's already been fed. So if it tells you you need to go, you know, rent a, rent a catamaran while you're in Croatia and you hate the water, that's not useful information. <laughs> so you talk to someone who has a similar taste as you. Talk to someone who can go, oh, you don't like that, but you know what you will like. Talk to people who are experts in those regions. Talk to people who have been there. Um, when I Google, I usually start with some off the beaten path. You know, maybe I will say... Paris off the beaten path and Paris hidden gems. Inevitably, someone has written something about it and quite often read, read their credentials. Do they live there? Okay, then this is probably some decent information. You know, is it a travel blogger who went there once for 12 hours? Okay, they don't they haven't sampled enough to. But, you know, it might be a nice recommendation. Just consider the source. (laughs) Now, I promise after everything you say, I won't say, oh, common sense. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like it. But, you know, I think it's also fair to say that if you are not already well versed in things, it's okay to approach it as a beginner and not feel bad about it. You know, if you don't plan your own trips very often or you haven't traveled alone very often, it's 
it, it feels absolutely like common sense, but it's always good to get that reassurance. And it's always good to get reminders or like, oh, yeah, okay, you know what? I didn't think about TripAdvisor. So I have no problem reiterating the basics, you know, to make people feel comfortable. Because I think sometimes people don't travel because it feels uncomfortable. And I would love to do away with that barrier. Discomfort. Yeah. Okay. Money. How does a person grow a travel account? And then stay within that budget. Like once they get there, it must just be so tempting to like, oh, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> well, and you mean in terms of creating a travel budget? Is that what you were, you well, were asking? Yeah, somewhere I thought I read something about you know, creating a travel account. So, I mean, you've got, you know, like the, bill, the account you pay bills out of and it's impossible right. to save that. Right. But, like I realized you had free flights, but when you were planning, did you actually set aside into a special bank account? Yeah, absolutely. Called? And my my best friend, Rachel, who is her and my husband interchangeably are my big travel companions. And she was actually in, in the US, she has uh, something, I think it was called like ING, I-N-G, um, where it's just automatic. It just takes money out of your paycheck. And it was always her travel fund. And so she, you know, she's always got outsmarted little ways to say hide money from herself <laughs> and, and or just say off the bat, this money's going in there. It doesn't it, it doesn't matter what else is going on, because, you know, everybody, you will do what you want to do. If, if something is a priority, you're going to save money for it. But if you're kind of like, oh, I want to go, I don't know you know, maybe I'll buy that handbag instead. So you have to trick yourself a little bit. So. <laughs> It's, you know, about creating that budget and really forcing yourself to save because honestly, travel is going to be more enriching than anything you buy yourself that you're going to have to clean out of a closet in five years because you didn't use it. It's, you know, it's experiences, not things. So I also have, I recently created, um, I actually just put it together, which I, anyone who's interested, it's free, like a checklist bundle, because I realize I have so many second nature resources. I don't, I, I just, I, it's all innate. I don't think about it, but I did create, like, how do I create a travel budget? How do I, Juliana, do that when I'm traveling? Not for a tour, but when I'm traveling. And, and so I made a spreadsheet and I have like, so I have a little workbook that I created. I also made a, a, uh, several other things, you know, how to prepare for a trip one year, six months leading up to it, to the day before, to the day of uh, several different types of packing lists, what to put in your wellness kit. All of it is like this checklist bundle. And I will give you the information for your listeners so that they can just right. grab it for free. It's just something that resources that I've made. And again, because my whole thing is taking, you know, taking some of that unknown, taking some of those barriers away so you can just enjoy your trip. Back to your question about the budget. I think if you create one ahead of time, <laughs> it takes, you already sort of know where the money that you've set aside is going to go. So it frees up that other discretionary budget to do other things. If you set yourself limits, like for me, when my friend and I are traveling, we will, maybe we'll say, okay, $100 a night is all we're spending on a hotel each. So, you know, we got $200 to work with. You get to a really big city like Vienna or, you know, some of these other like Paris, that gets a little hard. But maybe if you went to a smaller town for a couple nights, oh, suddenly that was only, you know, $120. So now we've got money to, so it tabulates it at the bottom so you can see where your wiggle room is, but no surprises. You just get that done ahead of time. And it's that whole 
prepare to plan or whatever it is. Don't <laughs> plan to fail. I, <laughs> but just set that up for yourself. And then all of that's already done. And then you can focus on enjoying yourself, splashing out at a restaurant and maybe minimizing some of the souvenirs that you buy. Because once again, you're just collecting things that will come home and take up space somewhere that you <laughs> spend it on experiences. Go to that cool museum, you know, eat the food, eat all the food. <laughs> I have never, I can't, I'm sure maybe once or twice, but I've never regretted eating all the food. <laughs> okay i yeah i won't even mention the book i read where a lovely man <laughs> couldn't get it past the throat <laughs> uh. anyways that's okay can i ask you some personal questions okay have you ever been in any in any crazy or crazy scary situations when you've traveled i feel like i have and i i mean i've too many to mention. I will have traveled to 61 <laughs> countries at this point. I've lived in four, including Russia. And I feel maybe I need to write them down really quick to because now it's just like it's just a blur. But I do remember I was living in St. Petersburg, Russia. I, so initially it was the first time I went to Russia, I was living in Moscow. And that was because I was training with the Moscow Art Theater for acting training. And the second time and I do not have a good sound logical <laughs> explanation, but I needed to learn to speak Russian and I've needed to learn to speak Russian since I was old enough to speak English. So I taught myself Cyrillic, etc. And I decided to go live in Russia because I'd be forced to speak Russian. <laughs> it's the kind of harebrained things you get in your head. Anyway, this particular program, I had to live with a Russian family, which I thought was amazing because we would, I would be forced to, talk to them every night about whatever I'd done during the day. And when I got there, it was just like this 24-year-old guy helping me into the apartment. And, um, I remember even asking in Russian, like, where are your parents? <laughs> and he's like, oh, you know, he said like in the dacha, which is the country home. And I'm like, the whole time. <laughs> it's just me and you oh your and, spidey sense is going a little crazy i know a little bit but see and i and i again i have overactive spidey senses they're not always sometimes my vibes are good sometimes they're just paranoid so he gave me his parents room which i when i would go in i would always lock the door because i didn't know i don't know this guy it's a weird russian dude he turned out to actually be very nice um however i locked the door well, and one morning when I was coming out to go to school, it was stuck and I couldn't get out. And I'm on the fifth floor of this old, gorgeous stone St. Petersburg like building. And he's already gone. <laughs> Figure out how to get out of the room. And I start MacGyvering it with like, you know, my uh, the curling iron prongs, like trying to. <laughs> Get because I like. Well, I should unscrew the the handle. And okay, I've got to ask you. Did you have an ensuite? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even have that. So yeah, I, this is you know this this becomes anxiety ridden on many levels because of course then immediately where this apartment building was totally safe now is undoubtedly going to catch fire because <laughs> like, I'm like oh my god I'm trapped on the fifth floor it's going to catch on fire I'm stuck here and. And just to make the long story short, because I can tell it in great detail, I was able to use, and this was in the very early days of the iPod that actually had Wi-Fi, and I was able to go to the window and 
grab a little bit of Wi-Fi wafting up from the restaurant down below, email my best friend, Rachel, here in Los <laughs> Angeles. Thank God it was a time zone where she was awake. And I begged her to text Maxime and tell him to come home and let me ask. <laughs> oh, no. Somehow that worked. Somehow. And again, I could go on with this story about that and make it like movie Hollywood style, like, you know, scary. But in short, it somehow worked. <laughs> I was able to free myself from the room I was locked in. So there's one of my crazy travel abroad, locked up abroad. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever bailed in the middle of travel plans? Like just oh, thinking all oh. the time. I actually did a show about this as well because I it, and I and I tell people you know know when to bail and and don't let don't let the fact that you've already spent the money keep you from bailing because you can't get your time back you can make more money you can't make more time and I I do it more I do it more than I really care to admit but for instance there was a time that I had I had planned a trip for my mother it's her first time to Europe. And I just wanted her to have the best time ever. And we were in Paris. And up until that point, I was really, um, it was very common for me to do Airbnbs. And I thought it would help her feel, you know, we'd get up in the morning and we would sit on the, at the cafe table on the balcony and have a croissant. <laughs> but instead, it just wasn't it wasn't the right fit. It was it was too many stairs for her to climb. Even though she's mobile and and you know, fine. It was just it was too much. And then there was I felt like there was a guy that followed us home. The key doesn't always work. You know, like all those little things that give you that intuition that says this isn't working out. And so rather than be like, okay, well, we've already spent, you know, you can't get that money back. You can't say I'm leaving. You know, I I found us a hotel. So I paid for two lodgings in the same, you know, but it was way more comfortable. There's an elevator. We, you know, we felt safe. There was enough adequate lighting. And and I do this all the time. I mean, I've I've skipped going to entire cities <laughs> because I just got tired. I, I mean, you know, I, I, I do when I do my tours back to back, I am as energetic all day, every day as I am in this moment. And by the end, you need to decompress. You need to sit and stare and talk. And I get I get overly enthusiastic in the planning that afterwards I'm going to go here and I'm going to go see this. And I'm going to do that. And, you know, in the execution of, oh, now we got to get on a train and now I have to get my bag somewhere. And then we were going to take this ferry. And I mean, I did that in 2021. I, You know, my friend and I, I just said, I can't, I can't, I'm just going to spend another night in this hotel and Austria and watch TV. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm canceling all of this and I'm sorry. We will probably lose some money, but yeah, but I did a whole show on it on my website about knowing when to bail. And I actually have some very concrete signs that it's okay. It's time to do this. It's better. Just bail. So even though you can admit to yourself and I am the same is you have hyperactive spidey senses. You, you don't sort of discount them. I don't. I don't. I, I, you know what? I try to judiciously discount them <laughs> because otherwise you can start to spin. You know, I, I, I was with some friends in Champagne in France and there's this 
area called Millionaire's Mile. And it's because it's all the biggest champagne houses. It's it's the the Rouve Clicquot. It's the all these all the ones that you everyone's very familiar with. And they're multi-million dollar houses where they make the wine, where they taste. And it's it's really a wonderful experience. And at night we were walking back from a restaurant. It's broad streets, big sidewalks well lit and one of my other friends who's from missouri got she just suddenly got really nervous and there was and my friend rachel and i were were like this there is no danger here (laughs) and there was something about walking at night and again because we get so conditioned especially when you're from a city in u.s that has higher crime or you feel nervous or maybe you don't but you just feel normalized to believe that you're constantly in danger and it got to the point where she was just you know she was just kind of panicking and walking really fast and we're like this is just a lovely there's there is no danger so i try to balance that if it's i take it all into consideration i'm like am i overreacting am i putting myself in a tailspin or is this worth like following up on so Okay. (laughs) We're all going to go look for that article now. You're a travel writer. Was that an inevitable next step for you? (laughs) In some ways it was. And I think one of the the biggest reasons that I started writing, other than the fact that I've always written, I've loved to write. So it's a natural skill. But as I traveled more and more and more, People would come to me and say, oh, I, you know, I hear that you were just in Ireland. Where should I go while I'm there? And of course, I love sharing that information. And so then I'd write these long emails. And then I like, <laughs> and then I started thinking to myself, what are you doing? Like, write it once and then just send people a link. <laughs> it's really, it's how anything I've done at this point has started. Even creating my tours, it was all a matter of why don't we just make things easy? (laughs) Why don't we just make them accessible? And so the travel writing started so that I could give people information on a larger scale easier. And then it became, well, since I'm writing and I'm having fun with this, maybe I should write for destinations. Maybe I should write for larger audiences. Maybe I should submit these. That's how I started winning journalism awards because I was writing about the people I was meeting and the experiences that I was having. Uh, I don't do it so much anymore. Also just, I don't, I don't, I think people like to read still, but I'm becoming less convinced, (laughs) but it's isolating. And if I had my druthers, I would rather spend time talking to you. I would rather spend time being connected to real people and then sitting alone in my office for a week, writing the perfect article. So (laughs) now just in terms of that, or even traveling, period. Is your camera or our camera always welcome? Or have you ever had occasions where it's like, no? You know, I think if you are photographing people, you need to ask permission. Or if you're doing street photography, and you're trying to capture a moment, obviously, but you need to respect people's privacy, you need to respect children's privacy. So it really depends on the situation. A lot of times, like, for instance, on my tours, everyone that's on it already, you know, that the, you actually go to their homes or we're visiting their workshops. They they don't they expect that you're, of course, going to be fascinated and want to take pictures. But 
when I scout and I haven't met someone before, I if, if I have my camera, and a lot of people don't do this that much anymore because everyone has their phone camera, right? And they're all just like taking a picture of you, whether you want to have your picture taken or not, which I really is, it, I really don't like that. But, you know, I remember in Poland, I was asking a, a, this woman who was making bunchkis, uh donuts if I could take her picture. And she was like, no, please. And so I just kind of concentrated on her hands and the donut and I left her face out of it. And a lot of times the one thing that you, I feel you should always do, especially if someone's gracious enough to say, yeah, take my photo. And then you're like, okay, go back to being candid, <laughs> show them, don't walk away, show them. Don't you like to know, don't you want to see the picture? And, and usually it always sparks even a lovely connection. Maybe you don't even speak the same language at all, but they look at it and they smile. They like seeing themselves. I mean, I. what's funny is I was in Jordan in the Middle East and I was taking a picture of a gentleman who owned, uh, he just kind of had a, not quite a farm, but they lived like Bedouins. They had, you know, have their tents and their goats and he was making me coffee and I took some pictures and I showed him. And the funniest part was <laughs> he out of his out of his the dashiki is like this traditional dress he pulls his phone out and he's like are you on instagram <laughs> and then uh, and then he's like oh yeah and then he starts showing me his instagram <laughs> but you know maybe they're like oh tag me or maybe it's just a moment where they get to see themselves through someone else's eyes and they and it they light up and they just enjoy that moment so i think you know once again Common sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is probably the inevitable question. What have you been doing for the last three years? I, I understand <laughs> there's been a, a global pandemic and travel well, is restricted. <laughs> I made some pasta. <laughs> I learned to sourdough bread. Pasta <laughs> uh, I did not make sourdough because I don't have the patience for that. But my husband did make some beer and some cheese. Obviously, in 2020, I had to cancel all my tours. That was heartbreaking, of course. In 2021, it wasn't, I was actually able to do two tours. And that was just the biggest relief, godsend, just getting out of the house, seeing people again. I did have to cancel my Georgia tour because they didn't, they weren't vaccinated enough for it to be safe to go to people's homes. But slowly, slowly building it back up. It's a shame because I started my tour company in 2018. I planned my first tour and it went in 2019. It was a smash. It was just the best. It sold, my first tour sold out in an hour. The women on that were incredible. We went to the country of Georgia. We had just one of the most amazing experiences. And everything was sold out for 2020. I was ready to go. And now it's just, you know, canceling and trying to get people back. And, you know, I think trying to make to to build all of that back up. It's it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do a really short rapid fire round? Uh, yeah, let's do it. OK, I hope it doesn't sound too much like I'm asking you to choose your favorite child. <laughs> it, uh, might, it might. <laughs> OK, favorite country. I don't have a favorite country. <laughs> favorite food. Pasta. <laughs> favorite mode of transportation. Train. Scariest experience. I 
nothing is coming to mind. There's probably several, but I'm blanking. Sorry. Best experience ever. Best experience ever. It's got to be on one of my tours where maybe we're all singing to a potter. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) A country you haven't been to yet, but want to. Estonia. I have had so many tickets to that country and I have to keep canceling it. First of all, in 2020, but. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) now tell us about Clever Dever Adventures. Yeah, uh, it's one of my favorite things ever. And it really, truly was born out of the idea that I can sit and write all day. But it's again, it's isolating. I want to be with people. And I love being the connection between going somewhere that's off the beaten path and just going there and enjoying it. Like I do everything for you. I don't buy your plane tickets, but you know, once you land, I got you. And so I just wanted to build something where people of all ages that were over 21 um, had this, could have a really fun, adventurous experience without having to wade through Google or TripAdvisor. And they I, they get to spend time with locals and do things they wouldn't do if they went to a country on their own and have a real meaningful travel experience rather than just a couple bucket list things. So for 2023, I have two tours. Uh, one is August the 14th through the 23rd, and that is to one of my favorite countries, uh, Slovenia, which is absolutely somewhere you should definitely go if you love pristine nature, clear water, a little bit of Venice, a little bit of the Alps, a little bit of ancient Rome, incredible food, and some of the friendliest, funniest people. That one is available. And I actually wanted to share that I have a discount for your listeners. And if they would like to come along and join me, they can use the discount code BOOM150. That's boom, B-O-O-M, 150. It'll get you $150 off the tour. And I also, it's you can you can schedule a call for free if you want to talk to me about it. Because I, I know it's like, who's Juliana? Who's Slovenia? You want to talk to me about it? Absolutely. But um, I'll make sure your listeners also have the link so they can read up on it and they can see one of the places that they go during this tour. Um, I also have a Christmas tour. No, you November, don't. What? It says sold out. That's one well, of it's questions. sold out, but I have it. <laughs> uh, but I do have to tell you, I and oh my gosh, it's it's that one sold out immediately. And I even normally my tri- my trips are twelve people, and this one I opened it up to twenty one people because it's kind of a party. We're going to Christmas markets. We're going to be in Vienna. We're going to be in Budapest. We're going to be in in the Czech Republic. There's going to be going to families wineries. There's going to be just so much fun, Slovakia. And so, yeah, that one sold out immediately. But I will tell you, somebody who had bought it yesterday canceled and a spot opened up. So you can still get on the wait list. And if you get on the wait list, it's possible that you could still join us. That's November 27th. And then I'm trying to make it, I'm thinking about making an annual holiday party. So, you know, it's something you can also put on your radar for 2024. I had to ask because I'm thinking it's February and this thing's sold out. <laughs> it's sold out. And I'm I put that on sale last uh last summer. Last I mean it was sold out. And in fact, people were thinking they were going this year. 
or that, you know, in 2022, I'm like, no, no, no. It's like 18 months from now. But I, I just wanted to get it out there because I knew a lot of people were trying to still plan their 2023 travel. And so if you can only go one place, yeah, it's a little further, but I mean, Christmas markets in Europe and, and all the other fun things that we get to do, Hungarian baths and just going to a beer garden in, in Vienna and lots of fun stuff that I have planned for that. But I, that's probably going to be an annual tour. So it's definitely something to think about for 2024. And I'm also going to be potentially creating some really amazing tours to Croatia. I already scouted it in January and my local guide and I are going to have an event on Facebook. If you, um, I can give everyone the link, they I'll give you the link and then they can sign up so they can get the reminder, but it's March the 30th. And we're going to talk all about the amazing things we're doing in Croatia in 2024. So there's a lot of fun stuff happening. Well, and, you know, we talked about money. And if someone's signing up or getting on a wait list for 2024, I'm sorry, you, listener, have enough time to put some money you away. You absolutely have enough time. <laughs> Plus, for, say, like, for instance, like the Croatia tour, the Christmas tour, I have that set up so that you pay your deposit. And then you can make monthly payments. So, and if you have a year, uh, you have 13, 14 months to make monthly payments, that's that's like a little savings account right there. You're just putting it over. You're already you're just paying it. Go, you're paying it as you go. So there's absolutely those payments are not going to be that much at that point. So absolutely. There you go. OK. Anything I haven't asked you that you think I mean, our, most of our audience is <laughs> mid-age women that you think mid-age <laughs> women should think, know about, consider. Wow. Wow. Um, there's so many things. I I just want to really again, encourage people, if you have an inkling to travel and you are in a position, it's something that truthfully is can be life-changing. It's just the, the dividends of having experiences in your life pay so much bigger than having things. And I just encourage you to get out there, make friends, try new things. You never know. It's not linear, but it's amazing what can change in your life based on the trajectory of just going on one trip somewhere unexpected. So I just, I'm, I'm begging you, please <laughs> go somewhere. You don't have to go with me. Just go see something new. It's exciting. It jolts you out of that. Oh my God, this is the way life is. No, it isn't. Not for everybody. Go see how someone else is doing it. It'll be fun. <laughs> Okay. And if anybody's hesitating, we've been talking about spidey senses and all my spidey senses are saying this woman would be so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) You can ask anyone that's been on a tour with me if they had fun or not. And I think you might know the answer. (laughs) Where do we find you on the World Wide Web? Yeah, go to my website, which is cleverdeverwherever.com. And even on that front page, there's plenty of information right there to find out about tours, any of these articles, the shows that I've done in the past about being safe, about how to plan off the beaten path, when to bail, all of those things are there. And there's even a spot where you can get that clever traveler checklist bundle that I have created for everybody. I just rolled up all of my stuff. It's the the budget workbook, the ultimate vacation countdown list, winter packing list, spring and summer, two weeks in a carry-on, what's packing your wellness, and how to get comfortable on a long-haul flight. There's what, like seven different checklists and, and information guides in there. It's all for free. And that's right on the homepage. So that's the travel further, get the inside scoop. Yeah. 
I have it right here. <laughs> you thought I was looking out the window. <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking at over there? Um, yeah. So if you scroll down to the bottom of my page, there will be a nice little spot there as well for you to see where you can easily get the checklist bundle for free. Okay, good, good. So you're on every social media outlet by the, or almost by the looks of it. I am on Instagram, Clever Dever Wherever, and I am on Facebook. We have a wonderful Facebook page filled with super fun, wonderful, mostly women, <laughs> and a couple of fun men. You're always welcome if you're fun <laughs> on the Facebook page. And I seasonally will do shows on Thursdays at 11 or noon, depending when the show comes back. And we just talk about uh, all the experience, life experience that I've had traveling over the last 25 years and what's gotten me through it, how to make your travel easy, how to make your travel fun, how to take some of those challenges and push them out of your way so you can just concentrate on the good stuff. All right. One last question before we close. Yeah. Goats. <laughs> Is that a question or are you just getting me excited about snuggling goats? <laughs> I have a problem. I love goats so much. And I think everybody knows it at this point. So they constantly send me pictures of goats on every tour. Like, show me your goats. <laughs> I I mean, what's not to love about goats? They can make their own fun. They don't care what anyone thinks. And they love to eat. So, I mean, I feel like uh, we are kin. <laughs> I have a friend who has this thing about fainting goats. I don't know why. <laughs> well, guys, you know, it's it's unexpected and the unexpected is always fun. <laughs> and and at least they're not, you know, it's not like they're dying. It's just they're... No, of course not. They're <laughs> fainting. <laughs> I do. It's funny, though. Imagine you're like, ah, faint. I mean, yeah. it's good funny. See what I mean? Goats are a good time. <laughs> Okay. Uh, your website link will be in the podcast show notes. All of your links will be part of your bio on our website. Listeners, if you have thoughts on today's show, talk to us. Leave comments. Where, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave comments where you're listening or if you're listening at the Boomer Woman's podcast at boomwithabang.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and talk to us there. Leave stars and reviews where you can. They help us grow. For early access of upcoming episodes, there's a sign up under this conversation at Boom with a Bang. Share this episode with your women friends. Oh, my goodness. I know I've been procrastinating getting out there again until, <laughs> until maybe today. I hope so. <laughs> uh, let, let's just get out there and have adventures and create memories. Go back to connecting with the world. Yeah, yeah. Juliana Dever, thank you so much for being our, my guest today and Thanks sharing all your experiences. Absolutely. <laughs> Have a great rest of the week. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.